across the galaxy. It's episode five. We're talking some Star Wars and get into geek. My name is Mitch. Joining me as he did many months ago, many moons ago, as it would be. But back again to talk some Star Wars. Matty Gibson. Yo. Yo. And look, a first timer on Across the Galaxy. Uh, a long-standing member of Get Into Geek, though. Um, and he's a relative. Lincoln, Lewis, hi. How you doing? Oh, it's my first time. Be gentle with me. Hey, it's going to be glorious. Doing? How you doing, well, man? How you doing? Look, here you are. You're joining the Across the Galaxy party where we're talking some Star Wars here in Geek. But I finally joined the party uh, just in time, if not a couple of days late, um, talking... Specifically the Bad Batch, because as far as Star Wars goes, 2023's kicked off on TV. It's 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 in motion again. The Bad Batch is back for season two. We've been talking, all of us three here, we love Star Wars, obviously. That's why we're here. We love Star Wars animation. You guys in particular, oh my God, you've been Clone Wars fanatics for years. Um, you know, I slowly caught up when the Rebels, when Rebels was coming out and I got into that and then caught up with Clone Wars and then finished both series about a year after they actually wrapped up, but at the same time, uh, which was magical and all looking forward to wait, us wait, wait, enjoying... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You, oh, you, no. you, wrapped up, you wrapped up Clone Wars... After it finished twice already. Oh yeah! Don't don't pretend like you were watching Clone Wars at any point while it was running. It was it finished <laughs> oh, no, after what? It finished after season five. Paul Link and I had to finish. Like, had to wait years until like season six came out because that was just the stuff they had left over. And then yeah. had to wait another how many years until we got season seven? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you come along, Mister Fucking Bandwagon, and Jimmy, go, oh no, okay, I'm just gonna. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, binge yeah. So it don't, all don't... at one time. Yeah, so I just want to put that on record. Now, carry mm. on, carry on. No, f- and fair call. And like, you know, we have, we've had... I don't know when Brendan was on the show whether he admitted as much, but he, he has said on the record, maybe uh, over on our uh, Get Into Gate podcast, and he's like, why would I give a shit about a show to do with a bunch of clones? And I probably... I wasn't as aggressively against it like that, but I also didn't have enough of a give a shit factor to invest in it properly. Like, you know, I'd, I saw the Clone Wars movie ever when it came out because what was that, 2000 and what, five, six? Like, it was around Revenge of the yeah. Sith time. It came out, like, everyone watched it because it was new Star Wars, and everyone's like, ah. Oh. Okay, cool, and that chick's kind of annoying, and it's a bit more kitty than we wanted, and there's a baby Jabba, and whatever, okay. And then years later, you know, the show kicks off, and, uh, you know, I know we got in Clone Wars before that as well, but, like, the, the official canonized, let's kick on with it stuff. And no, I didn't, I never jumped on board, but I think I wanted to make up for that with Rebels, hardly enough. Like, I remember I watched season one of, of Rebels week in, week out, when it was on, let's go. I got Lincoln into it with season two. I watched the uh, first episode of season two with that fight between uh, Kanan and um, Ezra and and Darth Vader. And Lincoln's like, holy shit, Mm. yeah, I've got to watch this. I never watched another episode of Rebels, I think until the final seasons, like episodes had just started. And by the time I caught up, the show had, no, maybe even a year after. I don't know. Like it had just, it did it, get it, harder it, it, it to watch me. here legally though. Like I remember, yeah. I remember season one playing on television and then that was it. You had to wait mm. until the DVDs came out. Um, yeah. That, okay. To, well, to that's my excuse. Legally. 
Yeah, because it was like a it was Saturday afternoon, and I, I was appointment viewing. But then I just mm. yeah, I did I did fall off it until I think Clone Wars, the final season, as it's still known, that the tile still pops up. You want to watch Clone Wars on on Disney Plus? It still says Clone Wars, the final season. Uh, and I watched the finales. I think in the same weekend, I watched the Clone Wars season seven finale or series finale, as it were, and the Rebels finale in the same two or three days. That was a fucking emotional couple of days for me because holy yeah. shit, both those shows wrapped up really really well um and i love rebels but man that clone wars like three episode finale or whatever it was was four that was four episodes that's right that's right and three three arcs of four episodes that's right and i think that's what held me up was because i didn't want to watch it in any other format other than all four episodes straight hardly enough actually that season that was probably why i wasn't as excited about the bad batch until the first trailer came out because I didn't give a shit about the Bad Batch in those first four episodes of season seven of uh, of Clone mm. Wars. I'm like, I I like the clones. I like Rex. I like a whole bunch of other people that we've come to know and love. And I'm sure I would love to know, you know, Hunter and Tech and all these other guys. But not now when I've got 12 episodes of this show that I love yeah. to go. I don't need but to then, try and get to know these guys. It did become the middle ground, though, because it's like then we had to sit through those four episodes of Ahsoka with those mechanics. Yeah. And, and it's I'm just like, like, these are really boring. I'd, I'd prefer yeah. to go back and watch, you know, Clone Force 99. And like chronologically speaking, they probably like they it should have kicked off obviously with those Ahsoka episodes. But as far as getting you back into the show after years of being away, we did need those four episodes of Anakin and Obi Wan and the Bad Batch and a bunch of other clones on that mission. Okay, then where's Ahsoka been? And then bang, those last four that run concurrently with mm. the start of Revenge of the Sith, and it's fucking amazing. And here we go, we got the Bad Batch. And for whatever reason, I just it was it it was always there, and it's a Disney Plus. Like I've got access to it on my in my pocket for the last twelve months. I've never done it, and so I knew that it was coming back. And I think I started watching it the night before I started watching season one, and had all intentions of pumping out like seven episodes, seven the next day in time for the premiere of uh, season two. Didn't quite make it, but I did over the last couple of days, and I finally watched episodes one and two, uh, the spoils of war and the ruins. Of- uh, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna talk to you guys. The so one that you know that I've done it too, so that we can discuss it. And you know, Star Wars is back for 2023, and I want to get across the galaxy going because we've got a lot of Star Wars content this year. Because come March, the Bad Batch is going to be going, and the Mandalorian season three is going to be happening at the mm. same goddamn time. Fucking amazing. Know, Link, Lincoln just had movement, and for a good goddamn reason. Yeah, it was a bit of more than a wiggle down there. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I saw something posted, and it's like it's one of those things. There's, there's like weekly Star Wars content for like the first half of the year, or something like mm. that. It's for like months and months and months. Yeah. Which, as as a fan, is huge. That's so wicked to to know that there's a certain day every single week that you like not being able to binge something is both a blessing and a curse because yeah. waiting each week is so frustrating. But at the same time. Given the chance, you're probably going to binge it in the first two days. I know I definitely would, if not the first day. Mm. So it's kind of good. It does make you really stretch it out and that kind of stuff. But as a fan, like you just said, Maddie, for six months or an elongated period of time where you're just every single week getting more and more and more content and not just like some random crap that they're punching out. This is high quality stuff for the fans. And it's extra stories that, you know, we, we, we are now separated from the Skywalker stuff. You know, the Bad Batch is actually 
a really interesting universe to be part of. And then yet yeah, the Mandalorian, that's got all of us hooked. Mm. And, you know, even to a point where we were watching the book of Boba Fett and they dedicated two episodes to the Mandalorian. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, cool. Like, I mean, I wasn't against it. I, I Weird really, timing. I, yeah. You're not against it because you love what they did with it, but like... <laughs> it's still the same Mandalorian, time. they dedicated two episodes to, I don't know, the Acolyte that's coming up at the end of the year. Be like, <laughs> no, 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 take me back. But I think because we needed that little that little breather in the middle of um, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, first, you talk about the, the, the weekly thing. Can I ask you guys then, because we've never really spoken about it, the, the Bad Batch which is funny because you guys have watched it and I haven't. We talk Star Wars all the time. We've never, I've what? never actually I've been asked since you. season one came out because I, I didn't want to spoil the fact that Kane and Jarrus sort of cameo right at the very start of like the yeah, first yeah, episode yeah. of season one. So awesome. like that's because I was like you, I wasn't overly excited for the show. I was like the clones are always the most boring part of the Clone Wars cartoon, except for you know Rex and um, Cody, Jesse, Cody, yeah, Cody, Cody and Rex. But yeah, as soon as there was that sort of Kanan cameo, I was like, ooh, you've piqued my interest. <laughs> okay, let's do this. They're tying this in. So, yeah. yeah. Well, th- I was going to say, one, I w- I'd never really ask you guys what you thought, but two, I wonder, did you guys watch it every week when it was released or did you wait to binge it? I did weekly. I did weekly okay. on that one. Yeah, I did weekly I- too. I tend to watch stuff as quickly as it comes out. Like, I, I do want to go back and binge Obi-Wan and watch it all start to finish because mm. just... Just recently, I rewatched just just prior leading up to Christmas. I watched Hawkeye from start mm. to finish, and it actually holds up better if you just binge the whole thing rather than the weekly things that we got. So I'm interested to see how that changes the things I liked and the things I didn't like about Obi Wan. To yeah. sort of watch it all as as one big as one big chunk. That's such a good point. So yeah, I tend I tend to do both. I'll watch it all when it comes out and then binge it all um, once it's all out. I only ask that because. I obviously binged it. You know, I, I, I would sit down and I think I watched the final, you know, three or four episodes together. I smashed probably six prior to that. And then whatever was left, I did, you know, straight up. So um, I did it, yeah, in probably three chunks, maybe four. Maybe I missed out on one episode or something like that. That's so it was it was a good effort, but I had to because I really wanted to catch up in time to sort of be part of the conversation of episodes one and two of season two before episode three came out. But I, I sat there and, and I'm like, I wonder how I would have felt about this show if I had to wait week to week. And I'd heard a little bit about, I heard it was a guy that I follow that loves Star Wars and he said what he loved about episodes one and two of this season, season two, was that, I mean, they are it's essentially one episode just chopped up into two. It's not like it's a, yeah. a sequential story. It's just, it's one big episode. Just, you know, that's why we got both of them on premiere night because it's essentially an hour's episode, just for whatever reason they give it to well, us. And, and that's what Clone Wars sort of did. Like after, I think the first, what, two seasons or maybe three seasons of Clone Wars is very mm. episodic, very all over the place in terms of timeline as well. Like things jump around and that kind of stuff. But then by like season three or four, it was, yeah, they were telling two and three episode long arcs to tell these really yeah. more interesting sort of stories. Mm, so. Yeah. Now, this guy, and he said he, he said he liked it about season two so far is that it's it's like a story. It's a follow-on thing as opposed to sort of the, the you know, mission of the week, baddie of the week mm. or something. And I'm like, oh, is that what season one's going to be? Because I'd literally only watched one or two episodes so far. But then I found myself that even though it was 
if, well, it, I, I felt like they were chunk. They were like those two or three episode arcs in a way, but not in the way that Clone Wars was where once you finished episode three of a three episode arc, the next episode of the season, even if you watch it chronologically, um, doesn't follow on. It's very much a new mission, a new part of the galaxy. Stuff's happened in between. Whereas uh, the Bad Batch you know, you might have two episodes that are very much back-to-back, like the Ryloth episodes with a young hero. And the next episode very much followed on from that because it was like a, a real cat and mouse thing through mm. season one because they were trying to escape their past. They were trying to escape the, the people that were, you know, whether it be the Empire, whether it be the, uh, the, the, the mob from Camino, whoever was chasing them, they were trying to get away from. So there was kind of no room to have a break yeah. between episodes. I think it's probably a little bit too early to sort of say that about season two because... Mm. Do we know yet if Crosshair is coming back? Like, this could have just been a two-episode, you know, mission of the week that has no real sort of anything else moving forward except for that cool scene at the end, you know, where we see the the Admiral or Captain Guy just, like, shoot the clone off the end of the, off the edge of the, you know, um, dam or whatever. But it's like, I'm assuming the Crosshair story isn't wrapped up yet. Yeah. Like we got that we got that big reveal at the the end of like the finale where what did they say like he he did have his chip removed already yeah. like he wasn't you know he wasn't under the influence of the chip he had his chip removed and was still happily working for the empire. Yeah, yeah that but then, was then you know there was all that sort of emotional turmoil he went through you know during the rescue and the escape from Camino. Mm. So I'm assuming that's not done with yet. So this could have just been a two episode you know mission of the week so to speak. The only real yeah. sort of other sort of interesting sort of tidbit that we got, which I never realized, is um, Dooku's like mansion thing. Like that's his home planet. Yeah. Fucking all right. Okay. Yeah. There's 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 a real Jesus. big fan service there. Yeah. Like the fact that he had a war chest. Mm. His war chest was literally planets and planets worth of treasure and jewels and everything that we never saw. We never ever had any idea that he had all that. But it's like he had that, and they they were like, yeah, he took it. From some people is just as tribute and stuff, and that's what helped fund the war and all that, which was a really cool mm. little side thing that you wouldn't have otherwise known. But just to touch back on the crosshair thing, um, I think it was a really, it was a really big change to have that little character arc reveal as you know the inhibitor chip and them the, throughout the whole season, them begging him to realize who he is and that it's because of the chip that he's acting this way and all everything. And then at the very end, this is, and it's not even anywhere near, like you actually got to see them fight as the bad batch when they're in that training center and they've put down like crosshair has put down all the other dudes, those special forces guys. And then they're all fighting the robots that Omega has accidentally put too many of them online. It, you know, the music comes on and you see all of them working and fighting together and you're like sick. This is like a real cool redemption thing I kind of half forgive Crosshair for being such a dick. Yeah. And then they say it to him at the very end and he's like and he says, yeah, he's removed his chip. You see there's a big like melted scar bit on big the side scar. of his head. And you're like, like just like you said, it's like holy shit, that's such a big moment. But mm. even as the Star Wars universe goes, that's such a, a different turn. That's such a personal thing like you know what i mean it's like obviously everything is grand and in the fantasy realm and you know you'd like we're used to dealing with the force is like you don't know what you're doing it's the dark side you're being tempted and all these kinds of things and this was actually like it was a very human element to this it was Mm. really cool where they're just like you know this is causing you to be someone you're not he's like no 
Yeah. And and the way he said it, and they said when, and and I really liked the line. This was a really specific line where they said, I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing, but they like, they asked him when did he get it removed, mm. and he actually just says, why does it matter? And it, it, it goes, and that was that in itself is an awesome line that gives a real bringing the Star Wars world just back to home base, which is what establishes you as a fan. Like it really grounds you and it gives you that personal connection that you feel invested in the in the dialogue and, and something so simplistic, mm. that line actually has such a deep meaning because it gives his character so much more depth. It gives the weight of what he's done and the impact it's going to have on the Bad Batch so much more depth. It's just for him to go, why does it matter when I had this removed? The fact is I did. And it, like, gives, you know, it mm. gives clones more depth as well and makes them more individualized because as much as the show you know, individualizes the clones, gives them their own look. And, and, you know, even in the Clone Wars, they're all still voiced by Dear Bradley Baker, which we'll get to him later on, like fucking voicing the entire fucking cast of this show. Which is Amazing work, by the way. Just so good, so good. But it's like, well, yeah, if you think about it, like, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin and all these other quote-unquote humans we've seen throughout the shows, a lot of them are happily working for the Empire and have no problem with what's going on. So it's really cool to finally see... And obviously... You know, as we know from the original trilogy, the the clones are slowly phased out for traditional stormtroopers. So it's like, and all those people happily work for the Empire as well. So it kind of makes sense that there would be, you know, some clones that would just go, yeah, okay, I'll follow these guys. I'm I follow orders. That's what I do. Hundred percent. Um, yeah. So yeah, I really, I really like that term. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're not they're not working for anybody different at this point. Like mm. they're still working for their superiors. Their superiors are still working for the likes of Tarkin and all that, who was always there. And at, at the end of it, like they're still working for Palpatine, whether he's an emperor or a chancellor or a grand chancellor. He, yeah, he's still the same guy. Like, okay, we've, we've given the Republic a new paint job and now it's an empire and everything seems a bit more sinister and uh, a little bit more Nazi Germany. But at the same time, it's the same team, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's the same army, the same armor, yeah. the same ships. In, in, in yeah. the second or second last episode or third last episode, I think it's the second last episode of the uh, the Clone Wars, the final season. And uh, when Ahsoka is on the Jedi cruiser, she's already beat Maul. Maul's in that like capsule thing, and they're they're in hyperspace, and she's talking with Rex, and they're saying the war could actually be over now. And he go and he goes. Some clones don't know how to feel about that because all we've ever known is this is what we were bred for. This is all we've ever mm. known. Once this is over, who are we going to be? And it was really cool that you know, like like you know that that you know, it was his mind of going, yeah. What what will become of us? And so to get, take it back to what you were just saying, Mitch, it actually yeah would make sense that some clones, even if they did have their chips removed or chip malfunction, whatever it may be, they might just go. Well, we don't know anything else, so. Nothing changes for me. I'm still a soldier of the Republic or the Empire. It's the same thing. I report yeah. to the same administration. I'm cool with this because this is why I was bred or why I was created, sorry. And that was something I noticed in this two-parter is all through season one and even the start of this two-parter, the Bad Batch are always using the stun on their weapons. It's always the blue ring. Mm. You know, they don't, want, they don't want to kill their brothers. It's really cool. And they're, they're still using it at the start of, the, start of this two-parter yeah. Until Wrecker gets to the tanks and Jerry rigs himself a fucking <laughs> cannon bazooka, and suddenly it's no holds barred. So I don't know whether that's a mistake they made in terms of what they're doing, or whether that's just a little foreshadowing of eventually the Bad Batch going to be like, "Well, let's kill or be killed." Mm. Um, some of these fuckers are going to die, Soz. Which I think, it, I mean, it's almost like a part of Wrecker anyway. He's so it. I love mm. his childish 
um, nature. You know how he connects so well with Omega and stuff, Omega and stuff like that. They just have such a, a childlike connection where he's just this big brute. But yeah, as soon as he gets a weapon, he's just like, yeah, like has a big yeah. cheer that he does. Well, we've we've had we had a cameo from Kanan. We've had a young Hera for a couple of episodes. I want Rekka to meet Zeb. That's what I want. I want an episode of Zeb and Rekka that and just seeing cool. what kind of chaos. They would be like the Bash Brothers from Mighty Ducks, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would just be just <laughs> taking it out. It would, that would be fun to see. That would be fun to see. Just even before you guys talking about the, um, you know, what do the clones do? Like th- th- that talk with Ahsoka, like, hey, with the war's over, like, what are we, where will we go? That was one of my favorite moments in any recent Star Wars. And it was almost dialogue free. And it was in Obi-Wan. Uh, where, oh, geez, what, episode two or something. I don't know whether he's re- about to rescue Leia or he has already. But as Obi-Wan, he's walking through, maybe he's about to, and he's walking through the streets of the, like, the, you know, the market area or something of whatever planet he was on. And there's like a beggar on the street, and it's someone wearing clone armor and it's Tamora Morrison obviously he's in the middle of shooting Boba Fett it's like oi do you want to just pop over and play a random clone who's fallen on hard times and is just begging on the side of the street and Obi-Wan comes over and flips him a couple of credits or something and it was I, I don't know whether he spoke to him or the clone was yelling stuff out but like it was that was one of my favorite moments because it's like no yeah those people there's so many more of them out there like I would love nothing more than for old Tamora to just pop up in random other live-action Star Wars and just play like a clone in the background, or uh, or you know, ha- please for the love of Christ, have him in Ahsoka as Rex or something. Like, just let me see him play more of those clones to be like, yeah, yeah. it's one thing for us to know that they're out there, but really, we only know these faces from from animation, and it's it's a credit to the animators too because. For the most part, obviously, they do all look the same. They've got different haircuts and whatever, and, and Baker different tattoos. Well, sli- yeah, it puts on a slightly different voice for for them depending on who they are. But I I get lost in that. I really feel like they're different characters, and it's it's like the animated mm. version of Orphan Black. And I know Maddie, you and I are familiar with that. Lincoln hasn't watched it yet, but um, like that link. I know we've spoken about, it, but Tatiana Maslana recently She Hulk, but she plays one of a multiple amounts of clones in that show right. and I remember watching the first season of that and she'd pop up as the main character and you're like oh that's the one I'm warming to and then she'd meet like a housewife version of herself who's very like Stepford Wives and I'm like oh god this uptight bitch I'm so sick of her and then there's like this lesbian hacker and I'm like oh man she's so much fun and then there's like a villain who's this like business ruthless businesswoman and re- didn't matter who popped up on screen I felt differently about them and and I you know I would come to hate the actress playing that person because I hated the character so much and I'm like hang on no hang on that's the same person playing that same character in the same fucking Mm. scene but that actress is so brilliantly playing them differently that I've come to accept that they are actually different humans playing different characters and I feel that way about Clone Wars and I feel that way about the Bad Batch and even though I've only come to know these characters over the last week that Hunter's sort of like that that Leonardo and the Turtles type leader where he's not not like a reluctant but he's got this job that's sort of above his own self-interest he knows he's got to act in a certain way for the group because 
the group then are allowed to act the way that they have to. You know, Tech needs to do what he needs to do and Wrecker needs to be able to do what he needs to do and Echo needs to do what he has to do and then they've got to obviously look after Omega Omega, um, depending on who's saying her name. Um, <laughs> but Hunter's got to be his own character but he's still mm. obviously got to be the leader at the same time. But I, I love them all for different reasons and it's basically the same animation. I know the Bad Batch for different re- for obvious reasons, they are very yeah. different but really we're looking at them as just variations of the same clone but i look at them as very different characters even though they're voiced by the same guy and are basically drawn from the same model and i think that's just such a wonderful um credit to the show but just like dave filoni just being like you know what fuck it there's more i want to explore about these clones what about these guys what else can we explore with them you know it was a cool um scene you know with what you were saying mitch about how obi-wan steps off the ship and he sees a clone trooper and he says you know spare Mm. a few credits for for so a a vet can get a warm meal and that's right i remember reading up about that particular scene and it was brilliantly written for several well for many reasons but one reason is it's the first time obi-wan's been back into you know main civilization and he's seeing the face of who mm. killed the Jedi Order, essentially. We know it was the Sith, mm. but it was because of the Grand Army of the Republic, the clone troopers that were all there just shooting any jet, any person that was a Jedi, right? So he's just looking face-to-face at what is one of the survivors of the people who killed his entire people that he's known since he was a youngling. And two, the apparently the armor that that clone trooper was wearing was part of, I think, the 501st or whatever it was. That was Anakin's squad. So it was also another yeah, thing... Yeah, that would sh- surprise me, yeah. Yeah, and it was another thing to show just how far Anakin has fallen to the dark side because he, all his clone troopers, he cared about them a lot. And even though they were on his side, he just didn't give a shit about them anymore. Mm. And it was, so, it was for so many different layers to sort of go, okay, Obi-Wan's confronting... Like the last time we saw clone troopers, him and Yoda were just absolutely mowing them down, which was brilliant. Mm. Um... And, and you actually, like, hate the clone troopers at that stage, obviously, because they're killing the Jedi. But, you know, you're seeing that from their perspective, that, you know, different perspective, that he's just this abandoned war veteran of, uh, you know, one of thousands or millions or whatever is left. And the last time that Obi-Wan seen them, he was mowing them down after just knowing that they've killed all of his people. And, yeah, they were abandoned because they were as, as part of Anakin's squad. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really layered and, and it's only something that you, you know, you read, I only read about because someone who obviously did their due diligence and knew a lot about it, um, said it. It was really cool. How funny is that though? Like the separation between the animation and the live action where you said that and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It was them that killed the Jedi. Like when you said that, I thought you were going to say those were the people that he used to work with. Maybe not that clone. He might not have come within 10 parsecs of that particular clone uh, before you said that it was Anakin's. But the idea that, like, Ewan McGregor... as used to see them faces all day, every day. Yeah, Ewan McGregor's face was part of the choreography of the fights that was killing CGI clone troopers during Order um, 66 uh, in Revenge of the Sith. But I didn't make that connection because they're all wearing masks. Whereas yeah, yeah. I looked at that scene and thought about them as former allies yeah. because of the Clone Wars series because I could see Tamora Morrison's face. Yeah. So it's, and it's, that's such a weird... You yeah. saying that actually has blown my mind a little bit because I've just... I think that mask put up a bit of a boundary for me to be able to really tie everything in. Like I was seeing it much more as a personal ally thing as opposed to, oh no, the last time we saw Ewan McGregor in live action 
these clones were trying to kill him and yeah but i mean that's it's, it's all credit to the franchise and those masks kind of dehumanize them because you don't know yeah you don't see their faces you just see essentially faceless troopers yeah. um yeah you um you mentioned order 66 um did you guys read that thing a while back about like the genesis of that name and all that kind of thing aside well aside because I, I think it was on instagram or something like that but it was basically like well Aside from the fact that Ian McDermott just sounds really, really cool saying Order 66, 66, well, 6 is the... uh, Sorry, the sixth letter of the alphabet is F. So Order FF. In the military, FF stands for Friendly Fire. Mm. And that's what the Jedi died from. Friendly Fire. Wow. From Mm. their clones. So it's this little... that's, That's where the Order name came from. That's cool. And that's what you mentioned—the the, the Caleb, um, you know, Kanan uh, cameo at the at the in the series premiere. I love that. Obviously, for him being in there, his master being in there, but just it, it actually struck me a bit because the last time we saw the you know the Bad Batch, um, it was prior to that happening. But I, I thought that this show very much would pick up following the end of the Clone Wars series, as opposed to no, we're going to be covering the same time frame. Just a little bit earlier, um, you know, prior to six six being um, or sixty six being ordered, and to see it from another point of view was just that little bit more heartbreaking. And did we see Caleb Kanan's um, master die in live action? Was she one of the montage that we saw? No. We never, we didn't see her die. No, I, whether, no, no okay. I feel like I feel like Dep- it's a Depa Balaba Palaba. Yeah. Um, I think she was created for the Clone Wars. I don't think we right, saw okay. her in live action. Okay, I didn't even know whether she was based. Could be wrong. Like, could be wrong. A visual that we saw in the movie, but um, either way, to have seen it, and not even just from her point of view, but then from Caleb's point of view, because we see Kanan as an older person and the scars that he still carries, and you know, then we when we eventually learn in that series that he is a you know a Padawan slash Jedi, and he's been on the run his whole life, and you know, then we got to see the little uh, cameo of him in the final season in a in a hologram of of the Clone Wars. You're like, oh, cool, some connective tissue. But then to get this and to show, you know, what he was like as a as a Padawan, and him dealing with the clones, to show why he has resentment in another animated show about him as an adult that was made, you know, years and years ago. I'm just like, fuck man, Filoni. Like, you know, okay, he likes his he likes his sandbox of the clones and and the and Ahsoka and, you know, he hasn't really expanded too far away from um from where he really made his name. But at the same time when there's when there's stories to tell about even territory and so many people cry out about star wars and they're like get us away from the skywalker saga and link you said yeah there's no skywalkers in this show and it's not about the skywalkers but it's very much about the skywalker saga in the sense that this is still set within that sort of whether you want to look at it as a 30 year 40 year 60 year timeline between episodes one to six or episodes one through nine you know i i like that we're starting to explore that 20 year gap between episode three and episode four a bit more. And I know Maddie, you know, you don't like rogue one and um, you know, Andor and all that sort of stuff. But what I like about Andor or liked, like whatever present tense, past tense um, is that it's, I like the, the underdog heroes, you know, like I think by the end of shows like that and even the bad batch, you're going to watch, you know, and then through rogue one and then you watch, you know, 
Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and maybe Chewie, maybe not get these medals at the end. And I want like someone to do like an artist drawing of those three getting medals, but them standing on the thousands of bodies of all these unsung heroes, like the clones that we've got to know and, and your Andors and the Bad Batches and all these people that made that shit possible. And, you know, because... It wasn't just like, oh, well, the Jedi fell. 20 years later, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, a farm boy pops up. And three days later, he blows up a moon-sized base. <laughs> like, there was some shit that went on along the way. And some good people did some bad work to make some shit happen. And a lot of sacrifices were made along the way. And whether that's an Andor where you get like a nobody, selfish, nothing person who wants nothing to do with anything, all of a sudden becoming a, you know, a freedom fighter that's willing to make the sacrificial play... Or you've got the Bad Batch who were part of the fight, but then were betrayed by that fight and then were kind of fighting against the people they were formerly working for without really attempting to. They were just trying to stay alive, but also trying to save their former brethren along the way, but also start to pave the way for what became a rebellion. It's like, fuck, man. Yes, just tell me more stories. There's 20 years like... Obi-Wan was a bit messy, but I like that that story exists in there to yeah. really sort of tie up the, the Obi-Wan and Anakin story. And then there's other shit along the way that happens that 20 years is not a long time in thousand generations worth of Star Wars storytelling, but fuck me, there's a lot of shit that could have gone on and I'm glad that we're seeing it and through new eyes like the Bad Batch and, and other characters. Yeah. Um, so full disclosure, I'm going to have to listen back to everything you just said when the podcast comes out, because I wasn't listening to any of that, because I was just Googling Depa Balaba, and it turns <laughs> out... <laughs> I thought once I said Andor, you just went, I'm fucking out. So. Yeah, that's yeah. where I wanted to well, zone no, well, out. It's, it's funny, you were saying, yeah, because I'm not a huge fan of, of Rogue One and, and Andor, because, yeah, it's, it's that stuff's fine, but I love playing the Kevin Bacon game of Star Wars, being like, oh, that person was connected to that person was connected to that person. Well, Depa Balaba just blew my fucking mind, because what I just read <laughs> is that she... She was in episode one. She was sitting on the Jedi Council when young Anakin Skywalker was brought before them and did that test for being like, a ship, a thing, a thing. She was sitting there during that. Oh. And guess who her... Oh, so, oh guess, see, I told you. I definitely knew that. Ah. And, and guess who Depa Balaba's master was? Yaddle? Mace no. Windu. Get out. Mace motherfucking Windu. Mace motherfucking Windu was her master. So Kanan's grandmaster is fucking Mace Windu. That is I thought you were about to like really go after Lincoln and say it was Kit Fisto or something. Oh, don't oh, tease me. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> no, imagine? don't tease me. Um, she was in episode two as well. So I'm assuming she was just in the fight when they all landed on the um, mm. Geonosis. Oh. She must have been part of that fight as well. Yes, but it doesn't it... appear that she was in episode three. So I think she was just in episode one and two is, as live action. Okay. Sick. Yeah. I tell you what, what a successful line, though. Sorry, just a successful line of Master and Apprentice, where on the same Jedi Council was a Master and his former Apprentice. Like Mace is sitting there and Depo. Is that what her name is? Like they're both just sitting there making decisions based on thousands of Jedi that are out there. Mm. Those two, Master and Mm. Apprentice. And like I know Yoda's there and he's taught a bunch of people and stuff like that. But like that's, you know, that's. That's that's barroom shit, right? Like, come on, that's a success line. That's yeah. one that Jedi can. But be then proud also, of. also, I love the idea that's like, okay, well then, and then like Depper was there during that, and then she got an apprentice who was Kanan, and mm. then when Kanan managed to survive Order sixty six, and Ahsoka, who was Anakin's Padawan, and all that kind of stuff, 
later on they were both working together yes. you know um as as part of a rebel cell and stuff like that i love shit like that <laughs> i love that so much while while uh there was a bit of a chat going on before I, I googled something that I remember reading about ages ago. So you know, you were talking about Order sixty six and all that kind of stuff, right? And, and about mm-hmm. how it means friendly fire and stuff like that, which is really sick. There's also another bit of trivia to do with the orders, so that there's actually one hundred and fifty contingency orders developed by the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars um, like against the Confederacy of Independent Systems. So um, I was googling one in particular, and it was. It was Order 65. Now, Order 65, like all of the 150 contingency orders, which dealt with a variety of different emergency situations, the clone troopers of the Grand Army were trained to carry out Order 65 without hesitation, as they were with uh, all the rest of the orders. Now, Order 65 stated that if either a majority of the Galactic Senate or the Republic Security Council deemed the Supreme Chancellor now the Supreme Chancellor of the Grand Army of the Office held by Palpatine during the war, if he was deemed unfit for duty, and if the clone forces directly received Order 65, then the army was to immediately arrest or, if needed, kill the Chancellor, the sitting Chancellor at the time, which was Palpatine, but regardless, it was just the sitting Chancellor. And following this, the Grand Army would then be given the acting Chancellor... Oh, the command of the Grand Army would be given to the acting Chancellor until a stable replacement was chosen. Mm. So Order 65 was if whoever was sitting uh, uh, Supreme Chancellor at the time to be arrested or killed if they didn't leave office. Galactic impeachment. Just kill him. If only Amidala knew that. Oh, imagine her just whispering to clone troopers like going left, right, center, just like, initiate Order 65. What? What? And what if like Palpatine did that? It, yeah, yeah. What, did, what if he forgot? And he's yeah. like, execute order. And you see him put like his hand over the microphone and talk to that guy with the blue tentacles. Go, oh, is it 60, 60, it was 60, no, it's 65. 65 he's or 66. 66. He's like, it's 65. Uh, and then like his immediate security council just turn on him and blow him away. Like, yeah, yeah. that's an important detail. You want to have that tattooed on your wrist or something. Like, yeah, don't legit, yeah you're not going to write that on pen where it can smudge yeah. on execute your palm. Execute order. 99. I don't know what this one means. (laughs) Yeah, but there was 150 orders. Wow. Got to catch them all. (laughs) Um, You you spoke earlier about the Bad Batch and their individual roles and stuff like that. And it never really occurred to me before until this sort of two-parter opener for season two. Is I kind of want a bit more fleshing out of Echo, given that he's like Mm. the new guy on the team. And I feel like in season one, Tech spent a lot of the time like staying on the ship and all the other guys went and did the stuff and Tech was literally like tech support. You know, he was, you know, he was comms. He was holding the ship, you know, like at the start of the two-parter when it was just him and Omega like fishing and all that kind of stuff while the others are out doing their bits and pieces. Whereas this two-parter, when it was Echo and, Te- and Tech on the ship together, like in the in the cargo containers, I kind of feel like, they didn't know what to do with Echo. Like, Echo barely spoke in it. He put his little, you know, R2-D2 port into one thing once, and that was it. So I feel like like Tech and, and Echo, I feel like a lot of their skill sets overlap. Mm. But it was fine in Season 1 when Tech was always staying on the ship and Echo was out in the field. But if 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 Tech's going to be out in the field more this season and, and the two of them are going to be out and about... I kind of want a bit... I want them to give Echo something a little bit more. Mm. What I would love is for them to, like give him a robotic hand, give him so he's got two hands again and then have like that little thing like poke out of his wrist or his palm or something like that 
when he wants to, you know, um, interface with technology and stuff like that. But given that he's, you know, someone that we've known since, I think, season one of The Clone Wars, he has kind of a little bit fallen by the wayside, I feel like. So I would like to see a little bit more um, with with Echo. And yeah, maybe if we do end up seeing Rex or Cody or, or someone um, that he knew from his previous life, you know, post-Order 66, um, that could be quite interesting. Because obviously from the trailer we saw... We're going to see Gunji, which I'm so fucking excited about. I cannot <laughs> yeah, wait for us to see Gunji. let's Gunjie. talk about that. <laughs> They'll probably wait till the finale to give us Gunji. Yeah. Because I can't tell from... Like, they've released all the episode titles, but I'm like, I don't know if I can tell which one's going to have Gunji in it. I don't know. It's funny you say that because me, again, and probably either the benefit or detriment of, of, of binging the show, I, I actually found myself thinking that from the very start with uh, Crosshair because... Now, can you confirm with me? It's, I've only seen season seven of Clone Wars once. Did he always talk like a snake? Like when we first? Yep. Okay. He's yep. like I didn't pick. I, didn't I think, think it's been amped once... up a little bit since Clone yeah, okay. Wars. I think he amped well, it up a little say, bit. Went a little bit more arch, but surely when we watch season seven, if he spoke like he does now, we'd be like, "This guy's gone dark, right? Like he's he's going to be bad by the end of this four episodes." Because when he's in this one, he's like, "Good soldiers follow." orders i'm like dude calm the fuck down man and that was before the order was given out right like he was being a creep but um it was a bit like hey here's their own show oh by the way this guy's against the team it was kind of like when avengers came out right and we hadn't really seen hawkeye like he was kind of in thor but then we get avengers and it's like nah you're gonna be brainwashed for two-thirds of this sorry buddy and it's like really like the i feel like you do that after you've introduced somebody whereas in this it's a bit like that, and there were, I'm like, okay, and I, I kind of had to do some research, some homework again today before I watched the episodes, because I thought, I really want to know these character names when I talk to Link and Maddie, and I'm like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's Hunter, and there's Wrecker, and, and there's Tech, and, and there's, uh, what's that other guy's name, and I couldn't remember, Echo, <laughs> I could, for the life of me, I couldn't remember him, and... Um, and and it's a bit like that. Like there are sidelined characters because yes, yeah, some are, are designated as you know your your tech supporter, you're the pilot, you getaway driver, whatever. And I think I think I'm like okay, one it's animation, but I would feel worse about it if they weren't all technically the same character, just different. Like if it wasn't the same voice and it wasn't the same basic animation, I'd be like, well, that's unfair on that guy. But it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an actor. It's not Jeremy Renner getting yeah. sidelined. If it was playing live a brainwashed action. If it was live action, I'd hate it. A bunch of different it. characters. It's animation, but I, I can see where you're going. And I reckon if we go a whole nother season, you know, I still they are still very much different characters. And if you're going to watch a show, and I've been watching live action shows, you know, this week, and I'm looking at, you know, a scene. I'm like, well, that's why is that scene there? That scene doesn't further the story. Or I see a character that's been in it all, and that person's just there to cry and react to other more interesting characters doing things around them. And I'm like, well, how does that actor feel about being the person that just shows up to react to other things happening? You know, so I should probably feel the same way about this animation show because it's animated, but it's still storytelling. They're still different characters. So I think having just binged it in three days. I haven't felt like that because it's just felt like I've watched a movie. But I reckon if I do what you guys did for season one, and I'm going to now, every week I'm watching another 30 minutes worth of these guys' lives, I'm probably going to want a little bit more bang for my for my buck for all 
five of the Bad Batch or, you know, four, depending yeah. on how you look at it, or all six with Omega. So, um, yeah, hopefully they do give him a little bit more room to breathe. And I want to say with Filoni that, that he will. He's going to be interesting. Yeah, we'll give him when we found yeah. them. Like, um, we, we thought Echo died in, what, season six or something like yeah. that. And mm. it's like he's been hooked up to, I guess, Separatist at the time, Separatist technology and stuff like that. So it's like, surely he'd have some... Like, in this episode, like, in this two-parter, surely you'd think he would have had a little bit more insight into, given that it was Dooku stuff, like, what Separatist movements would have been. I know that now that's the Empire was, you know, doing the cleanup and stuff like that. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it would have been good for him to have, you know... He, he should have some little, you know, some little memories in his back pocket that he can pull out when he needs to, to help out at a certain point. Or just, yeah, yeah. like, have some fucking PTSD or something. Like, give us, you know... Because obviously what he went through was pretty fucking brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, for the most part, I think his brain was just hooked up to what was essentially what he thought was a simulator. Well, it looked like real life to him, but it was like a simulator. So it was always going to be different battle tactics. And he just thought it was, you know, something to overcome. And because he knew so many of the clone trooper mm. battle tactics, it was like that was what was giving the Separatist army a lot of the, um, the, the, the leg up when they were defending that planet. So it was um, essentially, you know, he, he just was running through scenarios in his head and how to overcome it. And so if it was might as well have been training for him. So they might not have really been yeah, giving him too much outside information. It was just sort of like, this is a battle. How do we win? And he would have just been sort of, sort of coordinating an army in, in his own little isolated matrix, yeah. you know, if we can borrow that. Yeah, good you know, call. IP. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> But I, I do like... I One thing I do like that they've done with Echo is that they've kept a part of his clone trooper personality that he's had with Rex and with Fives and with Tup and all those boys that, that he, he was in the in the groups with. Is there, There's some ways he still talks as if he's a clone trooper in you know whatever his regiment is. Mm. And I think that's his sort of real separating feature is that while Tech is... Um, you know, obviously providing the tech support. He's like what you're saying before, Mitch. You know, he's essentially like the Donatello of of the Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> he's a sick warrior. Um, you know, not like Wrecker and or anything like that. But he's a sick warrior. Um, but he, yeah, he is. He's the guy you know you can trust to get into anything, get any door open, all that kind of stuff. So he hasn't had as much screen time purely because it's like when you know he's on screen, you know they're going to make him deliver. So it's like he's not going to let technology beat him. As the same is with Echo, but he's still got a little bit of that I'm still a clone trooper mentality about me. So there's that that moral stance and there's that sense of extreme honor that they all had when they were fighting together alongside the Jedi and stuff. Mm. So whatever it is about him, you see that he's still very much like, you know, he's almost like still always going to stand at attention when he's doing things and uh, because that was what it was ingrained in him but he was very happy for that code that of honor and sense of duty and and led dare i say patriotism to be part of him and so yeah i, I like if, if they could sort of find a way to make that shine a little bit more then you'll really see a difference between um echo and and tech because you're right you're right mate. Yeah. like they do they both get doors open they both work the electronics and stuff like that and uh, ongoing for the rest of the season, uh, assuming we're going to get uh, hopefully another 16 episodes or 14, but to get us up to 16. Yeah, 16. 16 total. I've got all the episode titles here and yeah, nothing nothing um, 
Nothing gives away what Gunji's going to be. Yeah, sweet. Oh, I was talking about Gunji. I mean, I guess you could class him as a cameo, but we said this is kind of, but kind of not, but still kind of separate to the main, you know, Skywalker-esque saga in the sense of like really well-established characters. Do we want cameos in this? Like, do you want to see anyone in? Like, I like that we didn't get that. Like, we we barely got Tarkin. We got Tarkin a little bit, but then he had that um, other bloke who I did remember his name, but now that I have to say it, I forget. Um, I have no idea. Whatever that guy's name that blew the bloke away at the end of episode two oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of this most recent episode, he's like this show's Tarkin, right? So we don't even get Tarkin. You know, we got like the Emperor on a hologram. Like, we we haven't really got any big characters in I this. I think that's and cool. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't miss it in season one and I kind of don't know that I, like we got, okay, Rex, I guess you could say is that's the biggest cameo. That's what that I was about so to get at is the best cameo is Rex when he's at the bar and you're like, who's this guy? There's boots. He's going to beat the shit out of people and then like those two dudes in the bar and you're like, okay, who's this badass? Is it Cad Bane? Is it who? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- oh, I guess we got Cad Bane too. Sorry, we got him in season one. We got, I'm Kane, like- we got Cad, we got Fennec as well. There was that, there was that Fennec yeah. episode early in season one. But yeah, I think, I, I don't know that I want um, anyone else hearing it. I don't want anyone else except for these seven people that we've already seen. Like, we've, we've seen enough, but I, like, I don't, I definitely don't need like a, uh, a big name Jedi cameo or anything like that, but you know, like no, I'm you always... don't need you don't need Ahsoka or Yoda to show up to pick Gunji up and take him somewhere. Nah. Like we don't need any of that. You, before you said that, I was uh, the, the the temptation being Filoni, being animation, being about clones. The temptation of Ahsoka is always there, but this is still very fresh after the takeover by the Empire. And while you've told me some things, Matt, even though you haven't finished reading the book, I have read the Ahsoka book, which is set a year after the Empire takeover. You've said there is some stuff in Tales of the Jedi, which I haven't finished. Uh, I've seen Ahsoka's first episode, but I haven't seen her second or third. You said that you've read about some stuff in that, which because it's televised, because it's filmed, because it's screen, it's... I guess more canon than the books, even though the book was written first, that it kind of retcons some stuff that we learn about in in Ahsoka's novel. Yeah. But if I'm just going by what I know so far, that book is written and is based a year after uh, the Empire takeover. So right now, Ahsoka's out there hiding. So I don't want her story to be quote unquote ruined by her just showing up to to help other people. Like at the at the end of that book, she takes certain steps to be, you know, again, we're talking years before she becomes Fulcrum, but yeah. um, there are steps she takes to be that. So maybe, you know, in season four of The Bad Batch, we could get something. I haven't actually started the book yet, so I don't okay. I don't know for sure. But apparently from what I've read, it's, there's a specific fight. Like Ahsoka, when, like, spoiler alert, when we meet up, when you meet up with Ahsoka in the end of um, Tales of the Jedi, she's still mm. in hiding. But it's a, it's literally apparently a story from the book with a fight yeah. that she has with someone that they've kind of rewritten. Right, they've rewritten okay. a fight, yeah, and it, and changed things a little bit. And see, it's probably been two years since I read that book, but um, mm. so I'd pro- I could probably watch Tales of the Jedi and go, oh, that all fits. So I'd probably have I fucking to loved the, it. It's um, great. Yeah. It's awesome. So it's good. a tight little adventure. It's kind of a, a nice little you know, character story on Ahsoka going, I'm going to do that stupid Jedi thing where I'm like, I'm done with them. I need to hide. This thing's getting crazy. I'm going to get out of rim. She's going from planet to planet, but then gets that moment where she's like, okay, foot in the sand. I've got to look after these people. 
People are coming after them. People are also hunting me. Bail Organa's out there wanting to start up a resistance. Like, there's some shit going on. So it's very Star Wars-y, but also just very small, very character-heavy on Ahsoka. And it's I, I think it's a tight little story, so... Yeah. Between between now and the episode three of Bad Batch, you need yeah. to you need to finish. I kind of want to do it tonight. Of the Jedi. <laughs> I'm going to end, end it. finish do recording it. this episode. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, I might. I might actually because I, I do really want to finish that. Here I was going. Oh man, we're going to talk about some Star Wars animation. I love Star Wars animation. I mean, I haven't seen all of Tales of the Jedi. I haven't finished watching Star Wars Visions. I didn't watch Star Wars Resistance. Um, but I definitely love Star Wars animation. So yes, I will get to that before our next um, podcast. But I'm on board. I'm. I go back and forth between Rebels and Clone Wars, to be honest. Like, I think Clone Wars took me a little bit longer to get into, whereas Rebels, I very much loved from the beginning. And maybe it was just that appointment viewing. It was on TV and it was a, an adventure. It was set when it was set as opposed to the Clone Wars. Like, oh, this is between movies. This was like, hey, it's a couple of years before A New Hope. There's this This is going on out there. This is building up and blah, blah, blah. Hey, this guy's a Jedi and this bloke, he's, he's a force. It's like A New Hope, the practice version of A New Hope, I guess, in, in many ways. Um, but for, for whatever reason, maybe it was the ragtag crew. Maybe it was the... It was very much a, a follow-on story. Every episode followed the week before, as opposed to Clone Wars. You could have an episode one and done. You could have a two, three. Dare I mention that four-episode droids lost oh, in the fucking desert? Do oh me my that one. god! I have never been closer to self-harm than those four episodes. <laughs> um, oh, and I watched them through the that pandemic, man. That was that was some, that was some tough. That's a tough couple of hours for me. Holy shit! Um, With that little frog guy, that was their. Uh that general or whatever. Like a salt See, I like desert. That guy. Like there wasn't even an interesting landscape to look at. My God, this is Star Wars people. But I'm on board. I'm I uh, yeah, I go back and forth between which is my favorite between Rebels and Clone Wars and depending on which I choose, it's for different reasons and I think because of the way that that Clone Wars ended that I, and how that hit me that particular weekend that watch I probably settle on that more often than not, but um, so the Bad Batch is like a comfortable third, but that's not because it's you know, it's, hey, I don't want to twenty twenty this guys. It's not because it's oh, it's my third favorite. Oh, so it sucks. No, it's just the other two are just better. Um, but well, yeah, it's, it's something not- new. I-, I was the same with Rebels. Rebels was a slow start. I mean, Clones was a very slow start. It was mm. just very much like yeah, it's fine. Just because I think back when it started, I was starved for Star Wars content, so I was yeah. just like okay, I'll you know, I'll watch this here and there. But it wasn't until I think the end of season two when it's like young Boba Fett hunting Mace Windu yeah. um, on like that crashed ship. I'm like, this is a good episode. And then season three is when I think they did the time jump when Ahsoka got like her first like age up and like costume change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was in like that maroon thing with the cool things on her arms. That's when she became badass. That's when she stopped being annoying and became badass. I think that was that was the season where. She was being hunted by those lizard guys oh, with Chewbacca yes. and all that kind of stuff. That's when it got really, really good. The The whole episode arc of um, the younglings going to the planet to get their kyber crystals. With oh, Yoda the gathering was so kind of good. The gathering, yeah. Like, that's all epic. Um, for me, Rebels was like, season one was fine. Season two was fucking bonkersly good, especially with, <laughs> with Ahsoka showing up. Yeah. And I think peak Star Wars animated is, yeah, is like that finale of um, season two of Rebels where they're in the the Sith temple underground and Mm. fucking Vader shows up and Maul shows up and 
and then we lose Ahsoka. So then, like, mm. seasons three and four for Rebels of Me are Kanan's getting... Yeah, Kanan blind, and then the whole Darksaber-Sabine thing was a bit meh for me, because it kind of didn't go anywhere. Um, I liked when uh, when they when they were on that planet, and, and Kanan's actually getting mentored by Bendu, the big Force-wielder who sits neither on the, the dark Bendu or the stuff light wasn't side. bad. That was cool, because it was another mm. side to the Force, because... He was like, you Jedi are Sith. He's like, I'm... And he's just laughing at Kanan. He's like, I'm neither. That's a like, big creature, right? Yeah. 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 And, and it was creature, cool yeah. because it showed another element to the Force, you know? So we were learning along with Kanan. And and, and that was a that was a cool... Like, I enjoy that. Yeah, the Darksaber um, stuff was... You know, you could watch it, but it wasn't one of your favorite kinds of episodes. Whereas, like, yeah. you know, a good continuation on with Kanan's evolution, which in turn sort of helped him teach Ezra was the stuff that he was get picking up from Bendu and Bendu was great because he just he was like look I'll teach you stuff but I'm not on your side I'm not on their side I'm on the side of the force I am mm. both the light and the dark and I am the Bendu and you're like alright champion you're not in <laughs> third person like let's yeah. like I know you're not on either side but you're on the side of being a fucking arrogant so yeah but in the, in the same way I really enjoyed when Ahsoka got aged up in Clone Wars I don't think I enjoyed when Ezra got aged up in season three of of Rebels. When like he gave himself a haircut and was suddenly all like, yeah, he suddenly he was all like this is fucking moody emo kid. Yes, lightsaber. I'm like, ah! fuck off, yeah. like, fuck off, mate. Yeah, get your little fucking stapler gun back and grow your hair out, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> but then you know he was he was badass in the end. Their finale was really really good. Yeah, it was interesting. Like in the first season at the start, they showed that he was actually going to be very strong with the Force, and then. Yeah, they, they made him quite whiny for a bit. Mm. And he was just like, I mean, obviously they had to show that he was still a kid, but he was very whingy and whiny. And then, yeah, like turned quite emo. And even though his, his master is saying Sith holocrons equal bad, that will tempt you to dark side. And he's sitting there going like, no, I can, I can use it for, I can really use it. And he's like, dude, I'm, listen to me. I'm trying to tell you, this is going to fuck you up. And I know more about this than you. So just trust me when I say this shit's going to fuck you up. He's like, you don't know anything. You're a bad teacher. And you're like, oh, here we go. Oh, I'm so sorry. I lost my eyesight protecting you. You ungrateful little fucking yeah, shit. When you said trust from Maul, a Sith. like from a Sith. Yeah. And he's like, Kanan, you don't know him. And why don't you ever trust me? You need to trust me. He's like, all right, I will trust you. Next minute. Where's my eyes gone? Oh, that's right. The guy told me to trust burnt them out. You little prick. So it's like, maybe throw the Holocron in the trash. Maybe. Let's just jettison it out the side in an escape pod, going past a shooting star. You blow them, you know, we don't need it. Let's lose the fucking Holocron. That infighting that you're talking about, it, it took me back to something else that I thought about the Bad Batches I was watching. There's no... And I don't think I don't think the show suffers from it, which it probably should. And I think a lot of other shows probably would or do there's no infighting between these characters like mm. there's not a lot of disagreement it's not like they go on a mission you know we love stargate you watch stargate sg1 daniel and o'neill every episode they're fighting because they've got conflicting ideologies or different ways they want to handle a mission you watch clone wars anakin and obi-wan are, are, have a differing view on things or ahsoka and anakin or ahsoka and the clones like people fight over things whereas in this for the most part 99% of it they don't <laughs> argue with 99. each other even if <laughs> someone may go off and do something they shouldn't but then the others don't sort of 
at the at the expense of the mission don't make a point of like no we need to sort this out now we need to fight they're just like oh classic wrecker that's him but they know that each other is working in the best interests of the group even if they go and do something rash and and quite selfish it's still like in the moment it might be selfish but it it is for a greater purpose and then even omega omega like i think she, you know she's probably one or two adventures away from becoming the kids in avatar 2 where it's just like can you actually fucking do what we tell you to do when we tell you to do it because there's only so many times we can come back from a fucking mission where we're getting shot at and we're like, where's Omega? Oh, she's went to do that thing that we told her not to do. Yeah. Oh, let's go and fucking rescue her again. I still like her. I still understand why she does the stuff that she does. She's still, she's naive. She's innocent. She is learning, but she's coming from, it from a, such a sweet place that she just wants to help and she doesn't understand why everyone just doesn't help each other. Not to a point where she's like, why are people killing? It's a war, but why are people killing? She's not dumb. She's just innocent. And she wants everybody to be like that. And they understand that. And I love that Hunter, not that he ever didn't like her, he just went, you know what? This is not a place for her. Tried to palm her off onto that um, uh, that that uh, yeah, def- uh, that around the deserter clone in season one. To the point where now he's like, no, 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 you're with us. I will never leave you. And and you know, like Camino got blown the hell up because they were there and and they went back to rescue her and they took her back and they never then they said that they would never again. And like they're such a family unit. And that's what Star Wars is. It's that it's that mismatched you know dysfunctional family like you watch episode four new hope you get there it's even even if you exclude obi-wan even though he was sort of the catalyst to bring people together you get luke this farm boy you get this sort of rogue selfish smuggler you get this you know high princess and they become this dysfunctional family that does everything for each other and Mm. absolutely loves each other absolutely and uh and then the same when the prequels like anakin and obi-wan you know are they brothers are they father and son are they teacher and they mentor no they just they fucking love each other they're dysfunctional as all hell but they but they love each other and then padme in there as well and then you know they didn't quite nail that in the sequel trilogy but like the basic blocks were there as well to have you know this this fighter who'd been in the fight since he was born this defector himself in finn and then this sort of you know farm boy 2.0 in ray um you know it's a, star wars is about dysfunctional families the clones themselves and the bad batch but i really feel it in the bad batch and again it might be the benefit of watching it in a in a binge setting but and being introduced to omega not even knowing she was a part of this show until binging the first season and having these four characters having lost a brother but gained a sister and are just trying to get by while trying to figure out what the fuck is going on and it's this dysfunctional family that have absolute love and trust for each other and i'm like this is what star wars is uh, more than even than the than the laser swords and the blaster guns and all that sort of stuff it's this dysfunctional family in a really big weird wonderful scary environment that is this crazy galaxy at war um and i feel like i feel that in the Bad Batch, maybe more than a lot of other Star Wars. And that's, again, not saying anything bad about Rebels or bad against Clone Wars. It might have just been a really funny day that I was having, but I really felt that uh, out of the Bad Batch. So if they nail nothing else, I think they nail that dysfunctional family uh, thing. I think you're right. A lot, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're the first actual family. You know, they're they're actual blood family, you know. Yeah. 
Rather than, yeah. I mean, they're also a bunch of, you know, misfits that have all sort of come together like the other shows and, and movies yeah. and stuff like that. But they're like that, that there was that gut punch at the end of um, season one where um, Omega's talking to Crosshair and she's like, you know, yeah. you're, st- you're still their brother. You're my brother too. And it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> coming from a kid. Like, damn. Yeah, that was full on. Because like he'd done yeah. nothing but try to kill her. And then she just like, without a second thought, was like, mm. crosshairs under there. And I'm like, oh, man, he was trying to kill you 30 seconds ago. And you're already like, oh, no, he's dying. Mm. Yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, I wish that I was part of it um, from the get-go, but I'm glad that I, I've caught up and that it's still working. I mean, we tried to tell you. Working. Yeah, we tried. Hey, Welcome I'm to a, the party, I'm not here baby. to say that you didn't tell me so, okay? I know <laughs> you <did. laughs> has, um Has anybody read the stuff I've noticed come out recently? I guess people have been doing rewatches of season one leading up to season, um, season two, and there's all the fan theories connect, trying to connect it to Mandalorian. Have any of you guys read that stuff? No. So there's that scene at the end of season one where Ton Wee... Like she arrives, you know, after having left Camino, you know, she's the the cloner oh, yeah, Caminoan. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she rocks up at the end, gets off that ship, and talks to that kind of scientist in that facility that's got like the goggles on his head. And someone pointed out, I guess, that that scientist looks very much like and has the same kind of goggles as the scientists we see in Mandalorian who that are trying to... to get after Grogu yeah. with whatever that project is they're doing. So yeah, maybe because obviously we don't know what the deal is with Omega yet. My sort of spider sense has always been saying maybe she's a force sensitive clone. Like maybe at some point she will have some kind of force sensitivity as a maybe maybe Filoni's like you know task handed down to him from the higher ups was like, look, we need you to buy back this horrible sequel trilogy. So if you can just start like adding stuff in to make the Palpatine clone seem mm. more palatable, can you do that for mm. us? Yeah. So I kind so, of feel like maybe that's where Bad Batch will go. You said that like, oh, did you see the ties? You know, that people are finding between this and Mandalorian. I'm like, no, I have no idea. But as soon as you mentioned that, that was my first thought was the sequel trilogy, not Mandalorian, where she gets off and they're like, hey, we we're gonna want you and your research. You're really smart and you're gonna work for us. Go into this weird looking tower, cut to black, end of season one. I was like, oh shit, good man, Filoni. You know, we we've always we we joked, Maddie and I, uh, a little bit over the last little while, Link, about the idea that like the Mandalorian's almost like a separate. It's almost like the what if after after Return of the Jedi, as opposed to what episode seven, eight, and nine become. Mandalorian's like its own. This is what happened next, and then Disney will be like, "Nah, eh, episode seven, eight, nine didn't really happen. We're gonna go off and what what the Mandalorian is going and Ahsoka and all these other shows are gonna spawn off, and we're gonna follow that future. And the other thing is just like a that's its own what if. That's like a six hundred million dollar <laughs> experiment that didn't work for many fans or something. Is that- it was the world between worlds that Ahsoka went to. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. But yeah. they well, that's they that's coming back in her series. Let's not let's not pretend. But yeah. they can't do that. If for for better or worse, seven eight, we all like seven, eight, divisive at best. Nine, it was like, did you guys have a plan? Like, of course you didn't. That's that's there. They have to just make it work. Now, I was texting you guys a little while ago, and I'm reading. Uh, it's not new anymore. It's been out for a couple of months. But Shadow of the Sith. It's based like 
God, 15 years, 17 years, I think, to be exact. Maybe 17 years after Return of the Jedi, and there's some shit going down. There's, like, some Sith cultists out there, uh, Rey as a child, um... There's, there's a lot of stuff working towards the sequel trilogy, but like even I'm reading this book and I'm like, oh, this is already in the first 14 pages of this book. It's making more sense and giving a little bit more backstory than what unfortunately they gave to Oscar Isaac just going, Palpatine, somehow he's back. I don't know, man. Let's just push on with the rest of the movie. And it's like the authors are now having, like you said, from the higher-ups going, oh, just make this shit work, okay? Now, you watch a movie, you should only have to watch a movie to make it make sense. You shouldn't have to walk and read and go through yeah. 17 different layers of different canon and different me- media mediums and all that sort of shit. But for those of us sweaties that are watching the animated shows, that are reading the comics, that are reading the books, that are playing the video games... We can sit back on our on you know on our high horse or up on our chair, having the high ground and saying, yeah, we know where all the jigsaw pieces fit though, and all those missing gaps. So that's interesting that you said that it's it's a Mandalorian thing for a lot of people. Whereas I'm dumb enough to have forgotten that part of Mandalorian um, and just went straight <laughs> to the idea of them going, hey, this is Palpatine experimenting with cloning on a much more selfish and individual level from like months after the empire started as opposed to like post empire pre jedi um episodes five and six um where it just conveniently happened so that he could come back in episode nine so it will be interesting because in filoni we trust he is like george lucas 2.0 as far as knowing things about star wars now that george lucas isn't a part of the um, story group filoni's the fucking man so if he wants to do it it's about as good as it's gonna get done so Let's Absolutely. just see what happens. Yeah, keen for episode three. What's it called, Matty? You got them all there. What have you got? Have you got it in front of you? Oh yeah, wait. I've got to go back. I've got to go back now. Ooh, episode three: the solitary clone. Oh, see, awesome. Maybe we just get a sole episode yeah, on like, Crosshair. It, you know? Yeah, it could be Crosshair. Yeah, yeah it could like, be. That's right. Because it was funny until that end scene where, like, they'd said during, or maybe even the start of episode one of of season two, and uh, and they say hey, we've managed to stay out of the Empire's way since that whole thing on Kamino. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Nice way to sort of t- tell the audience that nothing important's happened since last season uh, or in a narrative sense. But then at the end where uh, Tarkin 2.0 says to the, um, the, the, the clone leader uh, on that facility, you must be wrong. It couldn't have been those defect clones because they're all dead. And I'm like, oh, right. It's not that they've just managed to like stay away from the Empire. The Empire actually doesn't know that they're still alive. Mm. Oh, shit. Okay, this is big. Um, so I think i just t- taken that for granted that like... Well, yeah, what the fuck is Crosshair... What, didn't tell them they survived? Like, that that begs that question. He's like, I still work for them. I still want you guys to die or to stop or to come and convert over to the Empire side. But did that not go as far as then telling his people? Did he never get picked up? Has he been floating at Castaway style for three like, months? It could be. It could be one of you know. It could be very much a crosshair episode, or you know, even as an example, when they were in a, uh, they went to this like clone. I mean, this this new like stormtrooper training facility, and so you know they they went to whatever planet and they they went and it was basically in the mountain, and the clone trooper that's training them. 
he is in Rebels. He's one of the three people in that walker with Rex. He's like the crazy one that's always going, <laughs> like, you know, he's always doing that. <laughs> that You know, that dude. So, but there's three of them. And we so far, we've only seen Rex and him. So who knows? It could be their time to, for that third one. I, like, this is yeah. just me spitballing, but could be that guy. Like, when is he going to make his appearance? Could it be... You know, another of the Bad Batch, uh, another guy released by the Bad Batch, or yeah, could very much be Crosshair because that actually, that's the most likely. But, you know, logically speaking, that would be the most likely one to have Crosshair go through. But mm. there's still like a couple of stories yet to be, well, many stories yet to be told, but it's like, yeah, it's really anyone's guess. I'm keen. Very keen. Wednesday, our time. Episode three. I'm excited. Bloody Bad Batch and National Treasure. What a day to be alive. Mate, it's just the Mouse House just earning their bucks, right? Their subscriptions. Plus, I saw a a new cartoon come up today, uh, Koala Man. I did see the preview for that. that Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hugh Jackman gets to gets to be a little bit filthy oh in that. really yeah yeah he's um i think he's the boss okay. of koala man's alter ego um it, the trailer Excellent. was pretty funny so uh i hope that's over in, in you know for any international listeners uh, i hope that that is uh something that you guys are able to watch as well because that looks funny so anyway that's Excellent. not bad batch episode three we'll be talking about that on episode six of across the galaxy there's so many numbers here 69, <laughs> 99, 66, uh, 6, definitely 6, yes, that's a correct number. Of our show, about, about episode 3 of their show. <laughs> yeah, that's right, we don't want to confuse... Of yeah. season 2. Let's not be of confusing about this. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Geek to Geek.